Hi, Peter Borker here, and welcome to today's edition of the Transition Guide. Now, joining me today in the studio is Bobby Jones, who's a real estate expert. Welcome, Bobby. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Peter, for having me on. So how did you get into real estate in the first place? Because it's a really hot topic right now. I'm 42 years old. I actually started out um, right out of college. Uh, I had a computer business. We were building computers, and I thought that was kind of the future, uh, something in that space. And what I, I was helping a man, he was an elderly man, kind of update his systems and get into, uh, get everything on a computer and everything. And I saw some invoices out on his table. Uh, and I was like, man, you're making a lot of money. What are you, what are you doing? I mean, I was curious. I was in my early twenties and, and he, he said, well, you know, I'm a real estate appraiser. If, if you, if you want to, uh, take some courses and, and try this out, I'll pay for them. And, it, it was it was just like that. I, I said I took him up on it. It was an eight hundred dollar course. He paid for it, and within about a month, he started getting sick. And the, one of the things he told me was, you know, don't ever let this go. And a couple of months later, he died, and I took over. I kind of took over his business, and I became as a as a as a as a young twenty year old. Um, probably the biggest appraisal business in the state of Alabama. I had clients uh, all over the United States and a lot of people didn't even, until they met me, they didn't even know that I was just this young, young guy. They thought I was some, <laughs> in fact, when they met me in person, it was kind of funny. They, they said, man, I thought you were some, you know, 60, 70 year old guy. Yeah, I had people running everywhere. So, so I was, I, I came out the gate good. And, but in 2008, 2009, uh, the Dodd-Frank Act came in uh, where we had to go through a third-party uh, management company. I was making three to four, five thousand dollars a day cash money, and the bank uh, could could solicit me uh, individually. They could ask me to do the appraisal uh, directly. But when that law was passed in 2008, 2009, and mind you, that was the same years as the uh, market crash, I, I took a double hit. I got, I lost all my clients overnight and every appraisal transaction had to go through a third party management company. And so then, you know, of course we know what happened with the creative finance and in the, in the, in the impact that had uh, in 2008 and 2009. So I had to kind of pivot. I lost all my, my single family portfolio as a lot of investors did. And so from that standpoint, I just went into credibility. I wanted people to know that I was an expert in my field. So I became a realtor. I became a builder. I became a mass appraiser. I became a, uh, a government inspector. I just, you know, I, at the time, I really didn't have the mindset that that wasn't going to generate me wealth. I just wanted people because you can know all these things, but not turn it into wealth. So I became an expert in many areas of real estate, but you don't have to know. I mean, the Beatles knew four chords when they started and they made beautiful music. Uh, other people spend a lifetime learning every, all the theory, all the music chords, and they never take the little bit what they know and, and, and use it at a high level. And so 
you know, that's just a little short story on me, how I got started. And I've obviously, um, you know, got around the right people and, 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 and adjusted it from there. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And we talk about the 0809 and that was an absolute crazy period where we had the crashes. And as you said, there was a fair bit of chaos. Property prices absolutely plummeted. And it was a good time for people to get in. Obviously, yes, a lot of people lost money in that period. And we've gone into sort of 2020, 2021. And if anything, we've probably got as equal amount of chaos as we ever had before. I think the big difference right now, though, is we've not had a property crash. We've had a couple of other things that have happened. If anything, property prices have gone crazy due to high government subsidies. So people actually got paid to sit at home. So that was the first thing. People wanted to upgrade and move out. So they were willing to pay silly crazy, silly prices. I mean, especially in the UK, there wasn't enough real estate in the first place on the market. So that just artificially drove prices up. The other thing is we had a huge sort of moratorium on people paying rents. Well, not so much people paying rents, but us being able to evict tenants that were non-paying. So I know landlords out there that have had people not paying rents for maybe 12, 14, 16 months, still waiting for it to be heard in front of court because we've got a huge backlog of the courts. So you see that and all of a sudden people are saying, can I really still create wealth you, within sort of the whole real estate market? What do you think? I do. I think if, if it ever comes to a point that you can't, create wealth in real estate, then we're all in a lot of trouble because, uh, you know, that is the vehicle. There's, there's, you know, there's only so much of it and, you know, people has to have a place to live. And so, and somebody has got to be able to control that. So if, if we're not able to uh, create wealth in real estate, then, then I, I don't see that being the case uh, in my lifetime, hopefully ever. But, you know, that you, you do have to be smart about some of it. I think that like in 2008, 2009, when I, when I lost the single family portfolio, uh, a lot of people did. And a lot of single family tenants are take, have taken advantage of the laws that have been passed, uh, you know, for the pandemic and all that. And so, uh, but multifamily space has been able to sustain uh, uh, it sustained a recession. It, it, it sustained in 2008, 2009, and it was able to uh, thrive in 2000 in, in the pandemic. In fact, um, you know there, there was a scare from a from a uh, inventory shortage that people thought. Um, but you know, I'm not really sure it was as as much as people thought it was. But it did drive the it did drive the prices up. Uh, it, 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 it made it for a crazy market, but people got to realize that that's not, that's not typical. And that got some investors in trouble too, because they, they, they thought they could continue to sell these prices at a, these properties at an extremely high price, but you know, that's not normal. Uh, and, and the, and the marketing time's not normal here in the United States a normal marketing time is three to six months. But back to your original question on uh, on making wealth in during times like this. Yes, I think multifamily is is really the the key um, because you have you can have 100 units, 80 units, 100 units. And if you have some vacancy due to 
a situation like this, you can still um, maintain the, the asset. So that's been my uh, vantage point. And, um, and, and it's been, and it's been uh, the consensus of a lot of uh, the top names, real estate people in the world, which I have the, the, the fortunate, um, uh, you know, position to be uh, in close contact with those people. But that's interesting because when you're talking about that size of investment, that probably takes out most of the smaller scale investors for sure. Well, you know, you you can be a smaller scale investor and you know and and network with the right people. And you can my 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 position or my strategy is to get a little bit of a lot. I, you know, you can try to do everything yourself, but nothing great has ever been done in the history of mankind without a team. Nothing great. Uh, so get on the right team. So and you're talking about potentially co-ownership with other people. Joint ventures, uh, syndication, co-ownership. Yeah, definitely um, do that. That's going to scale your business a whole lot faster than trying to do it yourself. Because traditionally, a lot of people have thought, okay, we'll buy single family dwellings, normal houses, then get a second, then get a third and build up that portfolio that way. That's been the traditional way. And especially in the UK, that's probably the route that most people have gone down. And this whole yeah. syndication or larger groups probably hasn't been as prevalent until maybe about now. Right. And so how are our short, are you familiar with short-term rentals and Airbnb and that type of thing? Yep. We will. We've got access to Airbnb and short-term rentals in the UK as well. Yeah. So the cash flow on that is, is good. That, that's another way to get, if, if you're in a, an area that allows it, uh, that type of cash flow can allow for some vacancy as well. And there is no, in the United States, uh, it's, it's not a, and, and, and there as well, is not a, um, you know, there should be no tenant laws because this is a nightly stay. So a lot of people are going that route because tenants do have rights and it's hard to get them out and then there's there's the vacancy. You're paying the taxes. You're paying the insurance. You're paying the upkeep. Yeah, that's a loss. And plus, the cash flow is not as high. So the play right now, really, for single family residences, if you can do it, is to do short term rentals on them. Yeah, and the other thing is, unfortunately, if you have a bad tenant, they also trash the place, and then you've got the repair costs to boot before you can get back into the market and rent out again. One hundred percent. And I've seen that where actually Airbnb seems to be a really massive play at the moment, where it seems to be the move towards, as you said, because a lot of people, it's an easier way of making money than perhaps your traditional tenancy. And actually, you can make a lot more money. Absolutely, you can. Uh, and I mean, it's the only hurdle really you have in that is if you're in an, uh, an area or a zoning ordinance that that won't allow, that will not allow it. But there are some there's some ways to get around that as well. But for the most part, if if you're in an area or uh, that uh, that allows it, then that is 100 percent the play because your cash flow. 
is way more. And also you don't have, you're not going to have the issues with the, you know, evicting a tenant or the leases. What would you say to people right now that perhaps are thinking, gee, we're at the top of a market. It has gone crazy as a market. I'm going to wait for the crash. Because typically by now, there would have been a crash. Well, you know, people's all, uh, you can speculate about the correction and about the crash. I mean, I look for it. I mean, I, I, to, to be a really good real estate investor, you you need to be able to make money in both markets. It, when everybody's running scared in the crash, you run towards the properties that you can get for pennies on the dollar. You do have to have some cash built up. That, so that's why now why the market's hot, make the money. And then when, when you do have a correction or a crash, go in and pick up the inventory if you're in a position to do it. That's how people make millions and millions of dollars is they're able to, you know, not really follow everything that's going interest rates are going to are going to rise and fall um you're going to have corrections i don't really see i mean look at in covid if, as you were talking about a while ago when you said that that we were in a crazy market this has been through covid this has yeah. been through pan, a pandemic when we had a crazy hot sellers market so you know i don't really see the 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 creative finance and crash that we had in 2008 2009 uh, again, I mean, the pandemic was out of nowhere. I mean, we didn't, nobody knew how to handle that and we still had a thriving market. So, uh, you know, you can speculate, people can speculate all day long and wait and wait and wait. And that's when you're going to miss the, miss the boat. But for me, um, there's opportunity and chaos. And also, you know, again, people has made fortunes in chaotic times. In, in the depression, in, in, in the recessions. And so uh, somebody's going to make the money and it's just going to be a matter of who can think creative during those times. And there's a lot of spaces becoming available at the moment, especially with offices now rethinking how they operate. The need for office space is nowhere near what it was before. And what you tend well, to no, find, it's all changed. Exactly. I mean, I mean, you know, we've gone from um, I don't know if Circuit City was a uh, was something in 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 London, but it was a retail store. We've gone to Amazon, you know, from a Blockbuster, which was a movie chain here, to Netflix, and you know that's the world we're going to. Uh, and you know, in fact, a, a real estate brokerage that I'm a part of, we're a virtual real estate brokerage, uh, and so you know, it's the the traditional brick and mortar building business um is is in the past and most places are going to are going to be like that going forward look, look at look at uber look at the hotels gone to airbnb that's a virtual platform yeah it's definitely shifting and like you said circuit city in the uk we had an equivalent called maplins i mean i know i know sites that have been vacant now for five or six years and the buildings are just standing empty which probably does suggest that as we move away from bricks and mortar there will still be some bricks and mortar, but there won't be as much retail in bricks and mortar as there have been. Those sites will become different usage. And as you said, they could be multiple occupancy where they said they start getting carved up into multiple family units. Absolutely. I agree 100%.
So what you're basically saying is, look, at the end of the day, markets are always going to go up. Property prices are always going to go down over the long term. You're always going to see a property price increase anyway. So it's always going to go up. So there's there can be a good time or bad. There's never the best time to go in or go out, especially now, as there's no clear-cut time when we're going to see a crash. But I suppose the lesson here learned is if we're doing a any kind of property investment, you've got to be able to see it through for at least 10 years. Well, you know, you, you got to do your, you got to know what cycle you're in. I mean, if you, that's really the, the thing. I mean, if, 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 if people are, uh, if, if, if homes are staying on the market for, you know, six, seven months, and then, you know, your seller is willing to be negotiated with because they can't, they can't move the property. You got to find those motivated sellers that need to get out of that property. Maybe that financial reasons, divorce, whatever. And you can negotiate that price very, very low. Now in a hot market, now you're not going to negotiate people when they know they can set it out and sell it for a day and, and waive inspections and waive appraisals. So, you know, that would be the time to sell. You can still get those properties, uh, but you're not going to get it once it goes to the market. You have to find off-market uh, sellers who may may or may not understand that we're in a hot market. So there's always a way to make money. It's just really relationships and contacts with people, and um, you know consistency. And if people want to get access to networks, like you're fortunately part of, what do they need to do? Because you mentioned networking quite a bit. Absolutely. Now, are you talking about from a multifamily standpoint or a real, real estate investor standpoint? or or? I think just in general, if they're interested in property, and obviously a lot of it's going to be who you know and listening to the experts, what would you suggest to people? Well, when I tell people that are getting into real estate, see, I, I, I'm to the point now deals come to me. I don't have to source them. And that's just a domino effect of telling everybody. And that's, I tell this to everybody that gets into real estate. Tell everybody you know you're in real estate. The other person doesn't have to be in real estate. You own real estate. Uh, your, 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 your parents own real estate. Your friends own real estate. People who are not even in real estate own real estate. So everybody has real estate. I always kind of do it indirectly. I always tell people, hey, I'm in real estate. If you know anybody that wants to sell their property, I pay cash money. And a lot of times they'll say, well, yeah, I do. I got a property. My parents got a property, you know. And so it's just consistent elevator talk. Hey, I'm in, telling everybody, you know, that you're in real estate. And, uh, you know, and there's different when you want to connect that, you know, for multifamily, you would want to target brokers, commercial brokers, that type of thing. But, you know, social media presence is also you want to be omnipresent uh, through Instagram, uh, YouTube. Facebook. I mean, if people don't know who you are and that you're wanting to buy property, they're not. It's not going to come to you. They have to know who you are uh, in, in order to get that to you. And if people want to connect with you, how do they do that? The best way is Bobby Jones Live on Instagram. I have uh, you know all my links on there. Follow me, and uh, I'll follow you back. I answer all my DMs, and I am an open book. Uh, any question you have in real estate, I'm more than happy to answer it. And there's a first stage of someone interested in real estate, want to expand their network. 
you can be the first conduit to that network. Absolutely. Free of charge. I, every, I, I love doing it. I love uh, leading people in the right way. My goal is to lead people to financial freedom um, and as many people that I can. Well, we appreciate you today sort of giving up your time and sharing your wisdom with today's audience. Now, if you love today's episode, please make sure that you like it, share it with others so they can too benefit and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. If anything's resonated today, you want a bit more information, head over to balker.com, get in touch. I think one of the things that today is really highlighted that when it comes to real estate, it's all about knowledge. So remember, failing to learn is learning to fail. Please stay safe. Bobby, you've been an awesome guest. Thank you very much.